Hello and welcome to Mean Green Money, the UNT Student Money Management Center podcast that covers everything you need to know to be financially successful in college and beyond. Today we are going to look at investing, which is something that I've personally been interested in for a long time. And I have Austin here with me, and we're just going to have a conversation about some of the basic things that you might need to know to start investing. I do have to start us off with a little bit of a disclaimer that Austin and I are financial coaches. Neither of us is a financial advisor. So anything that you hear on this podcast is just our own personal beliefs and experiences, and it shouldn't be taken as investing advice. So please make sure that you do some research or consult an appropriate professional to make your investing decisions and not just make them solely off of our discussion today. But that being said, without further ado, let's talk investing. All right, Becca, so investing. Uh, how did you actually get started investing? Oh, I actually got started investing before I even knew that I was investing. Really? Because you know how when you're a kid, you get like birthday cards and there's money in them and stuff like that? Right. So my mom would take all of the money out of my birthday cards and everything because I was like five. Okay. And I didn't, you know, you don't know what you can buy with money when you're five. You have no need for like a $100 check. Okay. And what I later realized that she did when I was like... 19 and wanted to start investing on my own mm-hmm. I was like hey mom I want to open this account she's like you know you already have an account there and it turns out she had been taking all of my like birthday money and everything that I have been getting and investing it for me so I've you wow. know been investing since I was a kid without even knowing it with uh, all of the birthday money I ever got wow um I wish that I had allowed my parents to make those choices for me because that might have now been the case. Now you know when you have kids, when you I have can kids. Uh, steal all their birthday money and invest Ooh. it for them. <laughs> it sounds good, but it also sounds bad too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, when I was 18-ish, mm-hmm. I got really into reading different blogs about money. I okay. read Mr. Money Mustache. Okay. I was I don't know if it was winter break or summer break, but over summer break. I found out I got interested in it and read, like, the whole blog. So it's yeah. probably a couple of years of posts all oh, the way wow. through. And his whole thing was early retirement. Oh, okay. Which, you know, if you, if you say, you know, a normal person, maybe you save 10% of your income, you retire at 67. He was saying, well, if instead of doing that, if you save 60% of your income, then maybe it's you're retiring at 40 instead of 67. That's so it, I, it came from those ideas of you save money now, and you get more time back later. So I was really interested in like, all right, what do I need to do to have that freedom later in life? And that freedom came from not spending a lot of money and with the excess, you know, use simple investments, invest the money so then you'll have it to live off for the rest of your life and you'll be free. And that was appealing to me. So I ended up opening my first retirement account when I was 18 so I could start investing myself as well. That's amazing. Um, Okay, cool. So... As a, as a student, you know, even though we're both re- getting ready to graduate, what makes it difficult as a college student to invest? And like, what are the, some of the challenges of investing with this? I think, you know, investing as a college student can be just like investing as a young professional, except okay. you just have a lot less money. Fair. So, you know, as far as what you're investing in, it could be very similar. You could open an IRA now. You could open an IRA later. You could buy a share of Ford stock right now. You could buy it later. It's really, you know, I think the biggest hurdle for a lot of us is just the feeling that there's not a lot of money there to actually be investing with. But luckily, we can talk about um, a little bit later, there are ways to get started investing, even if you don't have a lot of money. 
but you know, right now it can sometimes be more important for us just to focus on the basics of making sure that you're earning enough money to pay all of your bills. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you either need to earn more money or have less bills. Okay. And if you need help figuring out how to do that, come talk to me in Austin in the Student Money Management Center and start building up a bit of an emergency fund for yourself right. as well. Because we never know what's going to happen. Your car could break down. Um, your roommate could move out and suddenly you have more rent. You could have to leave your job or work fewer hours so you can study more. Yeah. So right now, we have to start by focusing on, all right, first, I need to make sure that I can pay my bills. Second, I need to make sure that I have a little bit of money set aside for emergencies um, because you never know what's going to happen. And then after that, we can talk about investing so we can start building some wealth for the long term. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so next question I have is, what are the as far as like stocks and bonds, what are they and what's the main differences between them? Sure. Stocks and bonds are probably the most common investments that you hear about. If you ever walk by somewhere where CNBC is playing, you just see things on Mm -hmm. Facebook or wherever. Owning a stock is like owning a little piece of that company. So if the company does really well, the little piece of the company that you own is going to be worth more. Okay. And if that company does really poorly, then the piece of company that you own is going to be worth a lot less. So buying a stock is kind of like becoming an owner in a company. A bond is a little bit different because a bond is more like you're loaning money to a company. So with a stock, you know, you buy it for a certain amount and then it could be worth more or less depending on how the company is doing. With a bond, it's like, hey, Austin, I'm going to loan you $100 and then next week you're going to pay me back $105. Okay. So you can think of it like you might think of a loan. All right. Um, So when you're making those decisions, you're kind of making the decision between equity do I want to be a part owner or debt? Do I want to be, you know, a lender to the company? Okay, that makes sense. But it does lead me to a couple other questions. First off, when you were mentioning stocks about how the prices go up and down, why do they go up and down so much or so little? Um, there are a million reasons why the price of a stock could go up and down. Okay. And a lot of the times we can guess at what made a stock go up or down a certain day, but we might not know okay. exactly. But... If you think about it, you know, the price of a stock, just like the price of everything else, is going to be determined by supply and demand. Okay. You might not notice it as much if you go buy, you know, a board game at Walmart because it would be a pain in the butt for them to change the price of a board game every time somebody buys one. Right. But when you're thinking about supply and demand, so the things that are going to affect the stock price are a lot of times the things that are going to affect the demand. What are the things that make you more interested in buying a stock or less interested in buying a stock? Or what are the things that make you want to get rid of a stock that you own? Okay. So it could be things like, you know, how much money they're earning or if there's a giant scandal or if there's something happening in the global economy. There could be a million different reasons. But it comes down to what are the, what are the things that make people want to buy a stock more and what are the things that make people want to sell the stock or get rid of it? How much demand is there and how much supply is there? Okay, so with that being said, does that mean that bonds are safer than stocks in this case? Bonds are often thought of as safer. There are still risks in bonds. Okay. Um, if, if you weren't taking any risk, you probably would not get any return. But right. the standard deviation of bonds mm-hmm. is usually lower. So okay. with a stock, there could be a really wide range of outcomes. You could you know, lose all of your money and you could gain infinite money. Mm-hmm. But with a bond, a lot of the times you're looking at, realistically, a smaller range. Okay. So the price probably won't fluctuate as much as a stock. 
The other thing you can be thinking about is the bondholders are the ones who are going to have the first rights to the assets if something happens to the company. So if the company goes out of business, the bondholders are higher ranking. They have higher claim to the assets of the company than the stockholders do. So sometimes if the company goes out of business, the bond the bondholders will get paid back first okay. before the stockholders get paid. So that um, is another way that the risk of the two can be considered different as well. So a bond is more along the lines of guaranteed money, but not explicitly guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, the company could still go out of business. Mm -hmm. If you want to sell it before it matures, there could be fluctuations in the interest rates of the economy that make it... Uh, the value go down in the meantime. But okay. if you think of a loan, it's something that you have to pay back. Right. You, it's, you know, you can't just be like, eh, I'm not going to pay back my student loans. Eh, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to pay my credit card ever. Right. Whereas, you know, if if you're an owner, you own your company and it goes out of business, you, are you gonna, you're going to pay yourself back? You, you have to repay your debts in a way yeah. that you don't have to pay yourself back for owning something. Okay, so that makes some sense. So what about funds? What's kind of the, the benefit of investing in funds uh, over like individual stocks or bonds? Sure. So when you invest in an individual stock, mm -hmm. there are multiple different kinds of risks that you're facing. You're facing the risks that are specific to that company. So if you run a banana stand, Got it. you are exposed to the risk of what if there's some kind of disease outbreak and there's no bananas anymore? Okay. If you maybe are just a street side stand, if the weather is really bad, maybe people won't want to come to your banana stand. Okay. And there are things that specifically affect your company, your banana stand, mm -hmm. that might be completely irrelevant to other companies. People need toilet paper, whether it's raining or shining. Right. But people don't need to go walk outside and buy a banana, whether it's raining or shining. That's fair. So there are some risks that are specific to your company. There are also risks that the whole market in general faces. You know, if there's a complete global political breakdown, that's going to affect anybody. It doesn't matter if you sell bananas or toilet paper. That's fair. There are some things that can affect everybody. So when you only invest in a banana stand, you're exposed to all of those general risks, plus the specific risks of owning a banana stand. But if you own a banana stand and, you know, 500 other companies, some of those risks that are specific to each company are going to balance each other out. Okay. So if rain is really good for one company, rain might be really bad for another company that you own. The risk of rain kind of balances balances out a little bit. Okay. And that's you know the idea of diversification is you know you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. And what a fund allows you to do, um, you know, if it's a mutual fund for example, is instead of having to go out and buy five hundred different companies yourself, okay, you're buying maybe one mutual fund. That's an index fund that holds five different companies in it. So with one transaction, you can buy into 500 different companies instead of having to go out and do 500 different transactions and have enough money to buy 500 different stocks okay. to get the kinds of diversification that help you. You know, There will still be some risk. That market risk will always be there. But it will help you avoid some of those specific risks of a disease outbreak among banana trees. Investing in a mutual fund doesn't mean that you automatically have all of the diversification that you need. If you invest in a mutual fund that only invests in ride-sharing companies, then you're probably not fully diversified. So it's still important to understand what that mutual fund is investing in and what strategies they're using. But it can be a good place to start when you're looking to 
hold a diversified portfolio of investments. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So earlier we were talking, you were talking about how even while in college you can still get started investing. So could you give us some tips and tricks on the, the, some ways to go about doing that? Sure. There are a lot of different ways that you could get started investing. For me, it was by opening a retirement account. Mm -hmm. um, I used Betterment, not a recommendation, just what I use. And I opened a Roth IRA account so I could start saving for retirement. And that was very easy because you just have a little, a little questionnaire. They help you determine you know, your risk tolerance, um, which for them basically just means how much should be in stocks versus bonds. Okay. And then you just put money in the account and it does all of the allocating of it for you. Okay. And I set up automatic transfers. So now, you know, once a month, a hundred something dollars is transferred in there. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to look at it. It just happens automatically and voila, I'm investing for the rest of my life. Okay. How's that been going for you? It's been going pretty well. Um, and the thing about investing is it takes a long time to see um, kind of big returns. You're playing the long yeah. game a lot in investing. But I've built up a good amount of money in the account just by being consistent over time and dedicating, all right, every month I'm going to put this much in it. And, you, you know, it's going to take a while before, you know, the 7% return that a market might see one year makes me thousands of dollars. Right. But I'm getting that base there and building that up and getting started. Okay. Some other ways you could approach it, oh, there are some apps that are pretty popular for college students. I know one is Acorns where it just lets you, it, it rounds up your purchases and invests it for you. Okay. Um, as you know, is Acorns a retirement plan? Probably not. But if you're just trying to get started and see, um, get used to seeing kind of what the ups and downs of the market looks like and learn a little bit about investing, when there's nothing at stake except the spare change that you probably don't notice is gone anyway, uh, doing something like that can help you get started. Or you could, uh, you know, look at companies that interest you. Personally, I'm not an individual stock investor. I'm more of an index fund kind of person. But if you are interested in stocks, that could be, you know, a lot of stocks are priced at, you know, less than $100 if you just wanted to give it a try. Find one or two, look at it, you know, follow it for a little while, see if it's going well or not. That might convince you to be like me and be in index funds. But you could try doing something like that. An easier way might be to try to do that virtually if you're thinking about picking stocks. Okay. Because that way you can learn um, how incredibly difficult it is without your own money at stake. Because um, you can have, you know, $100, $1,000, $10,000 of fake money that you can practice investing with. Okay. So if you're not super comfortable, you could try that first just so that you get used to seeing the ups and downs of the market while, while there's nothing really at stake. But okay. I think, you know... As long as you have a good budget, you have a good emergency fund, um, just get started. Do some research, of course, but eventually, you know, you're going to have to pull the trigger, and it's completely okay to start with a little bit of money. That way you can see what things look like before there's a lot at risk. And it's great to do it now when you're a college student because you can see what it looks like with little amounts of money. So that way when you get out into the working world, you have a 401k or a different retirement account available to you. That's probably when you're going to be doing the heavy, hardcore investing for retirement. Okay. And the stakes are a little bit higher there right. because you're looking at you know your ability to retire in the rest of your life. So if you get used to seeing some of the fluctuations now when there's a little bit at stake, you can start to understand that, hey, the market is going to go up. 
some days and it's going to go down some days and it's not something that I need to freak out about every day. If you get used to those feelings now, it could be easier for you to deal with them later when you're looking at trying to build real wealth for retirement. Okay, so uh, last question I have before we wrap up. In your personal opinion, is investing a long-haul game or is it a get-rich-quick scheme? Uh, I believe it's it's a long-term, a long-term, long-haul okay. thing. When I invest, when I put money away every month, I'm thinking about this is going to sit there for 40 years so I can use it when I'm 60-something to retire. Okay. I'm not thinking of it as this is something that's going to double and give me a bunch of money tomorrow. Okay. Because I cannot possibly know what's right. going to double and get me a lot of money tomorrow. So when I think about it, I think about, all right, are my optimistic about the long-term future of the world? Mm-hmm. And that means I can invest for the next 40 years. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Very I'm true. probably not going to look at my investments tomorrow. I probably look at it, you know, once every couple months. Okay. But I believe, you know, in the long-term future of America, and I'm investing for the long-term. Okay. Well, that was all the questions that I have. Um, do you have any closing remarks about investing you want to share with the world? My last comment is that don't don't think it's something that you have to wait on. Don't think it's something that only rich people do. It's something that normal people like me and Austin or any of you out there or our parents can do to help us one day become wealthy. It's not something that you have to wait to do until you already have money. By starting now, even if you don't have a ton of money, even if you're just putting away $100 a month, that maybe next year is $200 a month, and when you're working full-time is $300 a month, Starting now with those little amounts, when you have time for that to compound over 40 years, that can turn into meaningful money. And it can make a difference in your life, the life of your children, your family, your grandchildren, all the generations that come after you. So just take some time, you know, to find a couple of good books about it, to understand your 401k and employee benefits, and how you can use those to be investing for retirement once you start working. And if you have more questions about investing, you're always welcome to come into our office and meet with one of our coaches who can help explain some of the um, you know, terms and concepts to you. We can't give you specific investing advice or tell you what stock you should be buying that's going to help you get rich quick. But we can explain some of the terms and uh, the kind of things that you're looking at and the process of actually going through buying investments. Never too early or too late to get started quote that you'll often hear is the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the second best time is today. So 20 years ago, you might have been zero and completely unable to start investing because you were a baby and you had no money, but the second best time to learn about it and figure it out is today. So go out and make something happen. All right. So that's all we've got today for our podcast. Um, Thank you for joining us and we look forward to talking to you later. Bye y'all. Later. (laughs)